Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. I mean, it is an exciting time upon the face of the earth for God's people. God is moving gloriously in the earth. His power is unleashed in every imaginable way. He is working works, performing signs, and demonstrating wonders in the earth. And I'll tell you what, those that believe are seeing the glory of God. Do you believe that? Those that believe are seeing the glory of God at work in the earth today, in their lives. Are you a believer tonight? Praise God. If you're a believer, a believing one, you can believe to see the hand of God at work in your life, the power of God at work in your life, the glory of God at work in your life. That's the way it should be. Do you believe that? I mean, our God is a definite living being on the inside of us. And He is ever at work making His ways known. He is ever at work transforming lives and changing us. I do not want to be a standstill Christian, do you? I want to grow in the things of God. And I want the things of God to grow in me. Can you say amen? Amen. Is that your desire tonight? Have you come purposing in your heart to change? Have you come purposing in your heart to receive something from God tonight? From the Word of God tonight? From the Spirit of God tonight? That you will apply to your life? Amen. There is a message and there is application of that message. There is a message to believe and a method to apply in all of our lives. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? Hold your Bibles up to heaven and say, Thank you, Father. For your holy written word, it's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Your words are life to me and health to all of my flesh. I have what your word says I have. I am what your word says I am. I can do what your word says I can do. I will receive the indestructible, incorruptible ever-living seed of your Word in my life. My ears are anointed to hear. My heart to receive. My mind is open. And I boldly say, I will never, ever be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank Him for a moment for the Word. Thank Him for a moment for the Word before we get into it. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times. Thank you for the revelation of the truth that makes us free. Thank you, Father, for your holy written word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His words were found. I ate them. They were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Isn't that what he said? Your words were found and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Hallelujah. Taste and see that the word of the Lord is good. It's been tested and tried, found trustworthy, faithful, and true. Can you say amen? Amen. I consider His Word more than my necessary bread. Glory to God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the third epistle of John, the third epistle of John, and we're going to look at verse 2 for a moment. 
This is Healing Week, and I'm excited about Healing Week, aren't you? My expectation level is high. You will not get what you do not expect. You will not have what you do not believe God for. Shift gears with me. Get your expectation level up high. Anticipate God to move. Hallelujah. Don't look for ways for Him not to move. Look for ways for Him to move. Glory to God. We're going to continue having healing meetings because we believe that Jesus is the healer. Amen. And people will be delivered and people will be healed and people will be set free and it will be a calling card and people will be saved in the name that's above every other name. And the greater working of God's power will be at work in this place. Hallelujah. Why? Because we say so and we believe so. There is something to believe and there is something to say. And that's just the way God's program works. Can you say amen? We need to believe it as well as say it and we will do so. 3 John, the third epistle of John, verse 2. Beloved, I wish or pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. God wants us well. God wants us to prosper. As you look to the Old Testament, you'll find out that God made provisions for His people to prosper and to be in health. And this is a revelation here in 3 John verse 2 of chapter 1, the only chapter that tells us that God has not changed God will never change. He is the same yesterday, today, forever, and always. And He still wants His children to prosper and to be in health. And in order for that to be accomplished, He must have made provisions. And I say that He did. Can you say amen? amen. Say it with me. God wants me, God wants to, me. Prosper to prosper and to be in health be as my soul prospers. And you know that this John was the one that laid his head on the bosom of Jesus, whom Jesus loved dearly, who knew Jesus well. And where do you think he got that information from? From the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Can you understand that he saturated himself with the very fragrance of the presence of Jesus our Lord? He just filled himself up with a revelation of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the secret times they probably talked together and shared together and met together in intimacy of fellowship? And Jesus told them, I want my people to prosper. I want my people to be in health. And that's exactly what my father wants. And I've came to represent my father and to let the people know. And John, after I go, after I depart, I want you to continue on praying that my people prosper and that they be in health even as their soul prospers. And he picked up on that and he gave us the revelation. That's the will of the Father God. And do you realize before some people can actually prosper and be in health, they have got to know that that's what God wants for them. And the reason why they're not is because they don't know that that's what God wants for them. Now go back to something else that John said, but this is in his gospel. Look at John's gospel, chapter 8. Of course, it's recorded that Jesus said it, but John wrote it. John chapter 8, verse 31 then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Beloved, freedom from poverty and freedom from sickness comes from the knowledge of the truth. 
And if people do not know that God wants them to prosper, their businesses to prosper, to prosper individually, to prosper in their marriage, to prosper in their family, to prosper, as I said, in their business, to prosper in all that they set their hands to do. If people do not know that, then they will be defeated by the hand of the enemy. God wants His people to prosper and He wants them to know that He wants them to prosper. And He wants them to be in health. As He said, and Jesus said, you must know the truth in order to be free. From what? Freedom from sickness and freedom from disease comes by knowing the truth. And people need to know the truth. We need to tell people the truth. We have got to speak the truth in love to people and let people know God doesn't want you sick. God doesn't want you diseased. God doesn't want you defeated in your body or defeated in your mind. You don't have to accept the lie that says that when you grow older, you're going to lose your mental faculties and mental powers. You can be sharp in a ripe old age. Can you say amen? amen. That's the truth, praise God. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Don't listen to the lies of the media. Listen to the truth of God's Word and say that God has given me a sound mind. Hallelujah so I can live with soundness of mind through a ripe old age. Look at Psalm 92. He says when we're in a ripe old age, we're still going to be full of vim and vigor and vitality and strength. Hallelujah. In service for the Lord. Isn't that what it says? There's a message to believe and there is a method to apply. And we have got to believe the message of the Word and apply it by saying it with our mouths. Praise God. I will live to be a ripe old age. Hallelujah. We should say that because God said that. I will meet the criteria. I will live to be of a ripe old age and I will have a soundness of mind, praise God, till I go to be with Him in glory. I like that preaching, don't you? Hallelujah. We've got to tell people the truth. See someone out there right now suffering sickness and disease and they've been taught you've got to carry that cross. You've got to bear that cross because God wants you to suffer like Jesus did. No, my Bible doesn't tell me that. My Bible says if Jesus suffered, I don't have to. I've got to suffer persecution maybe, but I don't have to suffer sickness and disease. Amen? Because Jesus bore my sickness and Jesus carried my pains, and so I don't have to, to bear that. I don't have to carry that because He already did. I don't have to carry my sin. Aren't you glad? I don't have to bear my sin. Aren't you glad? And if I do sin, I've got an advocate with the Father, Jesus, the righteous, and all I've got to do is confess my sin. He's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen. You better shout louder than that. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? You see, beloved, freedom from poverty and sickness and, and freedom from anxiety and fear and worry and failure and financial burdens and freedom from weakness and low self-esteem and mental disorders all come from knowing the truth. Knowing the truth. Satan's whispering in people's ears, you're going to get Alzheimer's. That's what he's saying. You're becoming forgetful. Dementia's setting in. You're going to lose your mind. And if you listen to him, you will. You've got to say, no, devil, my God wants me to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. And my soul's prospering. And I serve you notice. You can't cross the threshold of the bloodline that's coursing through my veins. I've got the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 9. See, you need to know the truth. 
Because if you don't know the truth, the Bible says my people are perishing for what? Lack of knowledge. Yeah. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Romans chapter 10. Now, there is a message to believe and there is a method to apply. You ready to believe and apply? Okay. In Romans 10, verse 9, now I want you to read this like as if you've never read it before. Anybody here ever work up a good appetite? I mean a good one. I, never, I don't know a bad one, but I mean a really good one. I mean maybe you've worked all day and you've ignored those hunger pains and then they went away and you've worked harder and harder, maybe some physical labor or whatever, but finally it just hits you. I have got a big appetite. I have worked up a big appetite. I mean, I am so hungry, I can eat that pew I'm sitting on right now. I am hungry, hungry, hungry. And then as soon as you walk into the house, maybe your wife's got something like sauce cooking on the stove, and the oh, the aroma just begins to fill your nostrils, and, and your stomach responds heartily and says, yeah, grumbling out, yeah, that's what I want. Sounds good, smells good, looks good. Mm, it's going to taste good here in a moment. But I mean, you worked up a tremendous appetite and you just can't wait to dig in. Don't you know you ate yesterday? Didn't you eat yesterday? What, you, what are you so excited about? Why are you drooling? Can't wait to take in that bite. You ever see a Christian pray fast? Let them, get, let them work up a good appetite. They'll pray fast. In Jesus' name, amen. The fastest one I ever heard was, you bless it, I'll eat it. Yeah. Amen. Did you ever hear that one? Father, you bless it, I'll eat it. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> That's when you're really hungry. But you're excited about that food. You can't wait to get it in your mouth. Isn't that right? Yeah. Well, you probably ate spaghetti before or steak before, or whatever it was before, mashed potatoes and gravy before, but that didn't mean anything. You were as hungry as could be, right? Well, just because you've read this before doesn't mean you shouldn't be hungry for it. I want you to read this like you have got yourself a good appetite. I mean a tremendous appetite for truth to learn how to apply the principles of God's Word to your life like you've never heard it before. Listen. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. One of the most important truths we will ever learn from the Word of God is how to appropriate the blessings of God through faith. It's essential. It's without question the most important because no matter what God has done for us, if we do not know how to appropriate what He has done, we will not enjoy or experience the blessing or the benefit or the provision. God could want us to prosper and be in health Forever, and if we never, never, never learn how to appropriate the blessings that God wants for us in this life, we will never have them. That's just the way it is. These verses reveal to us what I've been saying here this evening. 
There is a message to believe and there is a method to apply. And the message to believe from the heart is found in verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Well, what does he believe? There is something to believe from the heart. That's in verse 9. You've got to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Say it with me. I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, what's the method to apply? I must confess His Lordship with my mouth. There's something to believe with the heart and to confess with the mouth. This is the truth that makes men free from spiritual death. I believe from my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, so I confess His Lordship with my mouth, and the result is what? In verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I believe with my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. There is something concrete to believe. Then I confess. There is a method to apply. With my mouth I confess the Lordship of Jesus. Jesus as Lord over my spirit. Now keep those two things in mind and turn to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 because we're... We're preparing people for the healing. Really, and both the Salvation Sunday that's coming up. Salvation involves and entails a whole lot more than just being free from sin. It also includes all of the benefits, all of the provisions of God. Every statement of fact in the Word of God is included in that word salvation. There is something to believe and there is something to confess. And those are the principles of faith. That's how to appropriate what it is that God has done for us. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, for example, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That is something to believe. There is something to believe as well as a method to apply, something to confess. What do I have to believe? I have to believe that Jesus was made a curse for me. Being made a curse for us. Say this with me. I believe with my heart that Jesus was made the curse for me. Now, see, you have to have this understanding because you're believing this from the heart. When Jesus was made the curse for us, He was made every sickness and disease as well as sin. You go back to Deuteronomy 28 and read the entire chapter and what you find out in verse 61 is that every sickness and every disease that is written in the law and every sickness and every disease that is not written in the law, Christ became. So when God made Christ the curse for me, he became all sickness and all disease and everything that involves and everything that entails. The entire spectrum of sickness and disease was placed on Jesus when He was made the curse for me. I've got to believe that from my heart. 
I don't just confess him as my healer without first believing from my heart that God made him the curse for me. Are you listening? I've got to believe that from my heart that God raised him from the dead, not just confess him as my Savior. Right? So do I believe from my heart that God raised him from the dead? Yes. So now I can confess him as my Savior. That's the method to apply. Well, here I've got to believe that Christ was made the curse by God for me and that means He was made sickness for me. He was made cancer for me. He was made tuberculosis for me. He was made rheumatoid arthritis for me. He was made heart, condi heart condition for me. He was made diabetes for me. He was made uh, uh, muscle spasm for me. He was made deteriorated disc for me. We can go on and name every sickness and every disease known to mankind and we must believe from the heart that God made Jesus that. How many of you are getting this? God made Jesus that. High blood pressure, cancer, tuberculosis, blood disorder, diabetes, just go on, diabetes, eye disease, ear disease. Whatever, name it all. Blindness, deafness, dumbness. God made Christ those things, those diseases. Mental disorder. God made Christ those things. Why? We'll look at verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now listen carefully. The blessings of Abraham involved life, health, and prosperity. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's life, health, and prosperity. Say it with me. God made Jesus the curse. So the blessing of life, health, and prosperity would come upon me. Now, you know that what you believe and what you say is what we are, you and I are going to get? We've got to believe that, and then we've got to say that. I've got to believe that Christ was made those things for me and say with my mouth, the blessings of Abraham are on me. Say this with me. The blessings of Abraham, life, health, and prosperity are all manifested... In my life, I reject, I refuse, I will not accept anything else than that. You believe from your heart that Christ was made the curse, and you say with your mouth, the blessings of Abraham are mine. But I want you to see there's a twofold thing. There is a message to believe as well as a method to apply. And the message to believe is Christ was made the curse. Christ was made inferiority. Christ was made low self-esteem. Christ was made in the name Alzheimer's. Christ was made in the name at all. I believe that Christ was made that. That I would have the blessings of life, health, and prosperity. And so I say it. I believe it. And therefore I say it. Now I want you to see another verse that, that absolutely corroborates with what I'm saying here. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4.
See, the spirit of faith has a message to believe and a method to apply. And the message to believe is what God has revealed to us in the Scriptures. Like He made Him to be sin for us. i got to believe that message. Do you realize before you will walk in the fullness of your righteousness, you've got to believe a message first? And what is that message? God made Christ to be sin for me. I've got to believe that. There's a message to believe as well as a method to apply. Christ was made sin so that I could be made righteous. My being made righteous is based on Christ being made sin. Christ was made sin so that I would be made righteous. I believe from my heart that Christ was made sin. I say with my mouth that I've been made righteous. Glory to God. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, hallelujah. Can you see that? And I want to show you that that is the spirit of faith. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed. I believed. Well, what did I believe? Well, I believed that God raised Him from the dead and so I confessed His Lordship over my life. I believed that Christ was made the curse so I confessed the blessing of life, health, and prosperity over my life. Can you see that? I believe... And then we go on and name all these other things. But look, let's read the whole verse. And therefore have I spoken. I believed and therefore have I spoken. I believe. See, there's a message to believe. When people ran off with the, what is called the faith message, they ran off saying all kinds of things, but they didn't have a belief system to support what they were saying. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I'm healed, I'm free, I'm prosperous, I'm this, I'm that, and all this stuff. But there was no foundation. There was no message upon which they were basing what they were saying. And they were just saying it because someone else said to say it. No, here is the spirit of faith. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. What do I believe? Christ was made the curse. The blessings of Abraham are on me. I speak that. There's a message to believe. There's a method to apply. And that's the spirit of faith. Now go back to John's Gospel, chapter 8, and I want you to see something else here. Anybody here want to get free? Anybody here want to be free? You want to walk free? All right. John didn't know that as he was getting this revelation by the Spirit, as it unfolded in verse 36... I think that's why Jesus, by His Spirit, told him to continue in my word. Because if you stopped at verse 32, you wouldn't continue on to get down to verse 36 and know this truth. Think about it for a while. You'll get that in a minute. Some people stop at verse 32 and don't continue. But Jesus said, continue in my word. So don't stop reading at verse 32. Continue to verse 36. It's been a long day. <laughs> they answered him in verse 33, We be Abraham's seed... And were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. 
There's a message here to believe and a method to apply. Are you ready? The Son has made you free. So what am I to say? What's the method to apply? I'm supposed to say, I'm free indeed. Say with me, the Son has made me free. I'm supposed to believe that from my heart. Those that are in bondage to something don't believe that the Son made them free. You look at that something, whatever it may be, you look at it right in the face and start in the face and say, No, the Word said that Jesus made me free from you. Free from poverty. Free from sickness. Free from despair. Free from torment. Free from anxiety. Free from fear. The Son hath made me free. And so I say, I'm free indeed. There's a message to believe, and there is a method to apply. So believe from the heart that the Son made you free, and then you say, I'm free indeed. Thank God I'm free indeed. Thank God I'm free indeed. I'm free from the power of Satan, free, free from the power of sickness and disease, free from the power of sin, temptation, and torment and anguish. I'm free from anxiety and fretting and fear and worry. I'm free from all that Satan can hurl my way. Thank God I'm free because the Son of Man that made me free, I'm free indeed. There's a message to believe in, a method to apply, and that's called faith. Glory to God. Now I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 13, if you would, please. And I want you to continue seeing how this works. You see, I have what God says I have, and I am what God says I am, and I can do what God says I can do. You know why? Because God is who He says He is. God can do what He says He can do, and God has what He says He has. I didn't write the book. I didn't write the message. I have what, I, what the Word says I have because God says I have it. And what God says He has, He has. And what God says He does, He does. And if God says He done did make me righteous, then He done did. And I am. <laughs> you see how that works? Someone says, I've got such a hard time believing. I know it's because you don't believe what God said. Don't try to figure it out. Start saying it. Believe that what He said, He meant. And believe that He's big enough to back it up. And if he said he made you righteous, just start saying, I'm righteous. There's a message to believe and a method to apply. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13. And this will, this will apply in all areas of our lives to healing, deliverance, freedom from everything. And this is verse 5 and 6. 13, 5. Simplified version of the Bible. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstance and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, there's a message to believe. And what is the message that we believe? It's based on what he said. Remember, as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Okay, now listen. He said, everybody say, God said. God said. See, God said. So what God said is a message that I am to believe. God said, well, what did he say? I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged 
and confidently and boldly say. What's the message to believe? You might be lying there and it seems like the Mack truck left and the steamroller came and parked on you and you're mumbling out of the side of your mouth and you're saying, God said, I will not, I will not, I will not relax my hold, never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you in any way. I will not, I will not, I will not. I believe it that I may boldly say. See, that's the message to believe. And if I really believe it, you know what? I'll start saying. What will I start saying? The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear nor dread or be terrified. What can anybody do to me? See what I'm boldly saying? But what I'm boldly saying is based on a message. And what is the message I'm to believe in my heart? Now see, someone out there who's just really not well taught in the Word of God just saying, I believe in God. No, you're supposed to believe more than in God. Believe in His message. I believe in God as too general. When you've got a steamroller parking on you, you better say I believe more than God. You better know what God said. I will not by any degree. I like that. That steamroller couldn't squeeze God out one degree. Couldn't get him to pop out. Not one degree. He's still there. And as I start saying, you see the message is, I start saying, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what this steamroller operator will do unto me. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. There's a method to apply. Faith to speak based on a message. See, if I'm not saying it, I mustn't believe that he meant what he said when he said he will not relax his hold on me one bit. And that not by not one degree will he leave me, fail me, or forsake me. Oh, I like that. You know why I like that? Because just, you just get off course by one degree. You stay there for a while, you're going to get way off course. But not by one degree did God deviate from what he said. I'm shouting ground. Who glory to God. Now, what about this one? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. There's a message to believe. See, sometimes we just go over these scriptures and we don't take time to settle down and really meditate them like we should, and we only get some of the truth. We can get a confession out of it, but sometimes I think we fail to realize that the confession is based on a message, something that God said. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, and it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice or craven and cringing and fawning fear. Did you hear that? That's the message that I'm supposed to believe. In the King James, it just says, God did not give in me. God has not given me the spirit of fear. That's the message. Say it with me. God didn't give me the spirit of fear. I'm not timid. I'm not a coward. I'm not walking in fear. See, 
God didn't give that to you. That's the message. Do you believe that God didn't give that to you? Fear is a big thing. You know fear is destroying lives every day. I mean, people are being destroyed every single day by fear. But God didn't give that. That's the message. God did not give fear. Fear does not come from God. God did not give the spirit of fear to anybody. Listen, now here's the method. Here is the method to apply. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. You hear that? See, God didn't give me the spirit of fear is the message and the method. Therefore, I say... God has given me the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a sound mind. And you know those three things right there cast out fear? Power blows it out, explodes it out. Love, the Bible said, perfect love casts out all fear. And the calmness, soundness of mind that is stayed on him just absolutely dispels fear. There's no room for it. Why? Because... When your mind is stayed on him, there's perfect peace. Where there's perfect peace, he garrisons about your heart and your mind. And there's no room for it. It'll gather around about you, but it can't enter in. Puts up a sign, off limits, no trespassing. Fear, that means you. Amen? What about this message and method? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That's the message. What's the message? The blood, the blood of the Lamb. The new and everlasting covenant. The blood coursing through your veins. The blood that makes you royalty. The blood that makes you the family of God. The blood that makes you an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. The blood that courses through your veins to give you status in heaven, to give you covenant rights to back you up by the whole government of heaven. They overcame by the message of the blood of the Lamb and there's a method to apply and the word of their testimony. I say I put up right around my entire property, around my life, around my family, around my children, around all my possessions. I have put up a fence. It's the bloodline of Jesus Christ and I put up signs along the way, no trespassing, devil, this means you. Sickness, disease, anxiety, worry, fear, poverty, financial failure, defeat, it means all of you. Based on the blood. Hallelujah. There's a message to believe and a method to apply. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 3 John 2 said, Beloved, I pray above all things. All things. I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. You know what the message is to believe there? God wants me to prosper and be in health as my soul prospers. Now, you can look at that two ways. If you use soul in its specific sense, you can say as you renew your mind to the Word of God. But if you say soul in the general sense and say as you prosper in your inward parts, then here's what you can believe. As your spirit is 
possessed with the life of God, as your spirit is free from, from sin and its contamination, free from any, anything, bitterness, free from anxiety, free from unforgiveness, anything whatsoever that would possibly do damage to your spiritual condition. In other words, if I've done something wrong, I just walk under the fountain of His blood. I look up to heaven's pearly gates and I look beyond to where the high court of heaven is and I say, Father, you made provisions for even my sin in this day and generation at this hour and this time. I confess my sin. I call upon the, the blood of Jesus to wash me and cleanse me and restore my righteousness. And then my soul begins to prosper. My soul is free from contamination. It is free from the effects of that sin. I'm walking in a pure heart and because my heart is pure before God it is prospering hallelujah and now beloved I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as my soul is cleansed it is well with my soul my mind is renewed the blood of Jesus is ever flowing fountain of power in my life and I can say that I'm prosperous I can say I'm in health that's the method I say I'm prosperous. I'm saving health. Why? Because my God wants that for me. Oh, I like that. My God wants that for me. Oh, my mind is sound. Hallelujah. I've got a sound mind. Well-disciplined, under control. Hallelujah. Mind and God wants it that way. That's the message to believe. God wants it that way. And the method to apply is start saying it with your mouth. See, start saying it with your mouth. Now, I was going to take some time here to go through some of these. I won't take the time to do them all, but if you're taking notes, I'll, I'll give you a moment to write down some of these verses because these verses are powerful to help people overcome specific conditions in the body. And I'm just going to lay, lay them out to you. You can write them down real quick. Ezekiel 6.16, or 16.6, I'm sorry. Ezekiel 16.6 and Joel 3.21. There's a message there to be believed and a method to apply. And it talks about the blood. And these verses have been used when people have been really bleeding badly and once spoken over the victim, you know, their blood, their bleeding stopped. And in, in Joel, it talks about the blood will be cleansed that has not been cleansed. You know, I believe there's the, there's the key to AIDS being healed blood diseases and blood disorders being healed that's what that verse is all about right there there's a message to believe and that God cleanses the blood believe that message and then apply it say it low blood sugar you've got to go you know why well you got to go because of Joel 321 says he cleanses my blood I've had a transfusion the blood of Jesus is coursing through my veins diabetes got to go uh, blood pressure got to be normal. Bleeding's got to stop. Blood disorders have got to be cured. For bones, Proverbs 16:24. Proverbs 16:24. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb. That's a message to believe. I believe that pleasant words are as a honeycomb. See, don't 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 lose me here. There's a message to believe there. Did you hear that? 
Do you believe that pleasant words are as a honeycomb? See, someone says, I don't believe in that word stuff. Well, Jesus said, according unto your faith, so be it unto you. But if you believe that pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to your bones, health to your bones, there's a method to apply. Because I believe that pleasant words are as a honeycomb, they're sweet to my soul and health to my bones. Soul, I speak pleasant words to you. Bones, I speak pleasant words to you. Somebody say amen. amen. Burns, Isaiah 43, 2. You'll walk through the fire. You shall not be burned. Ears and tongue, Mark 7, 35. His tongue was loosed and his ears were open. So that means speech as well as ears. The string of his tongue was loosed, Mark 7, 35, and his ears were open. Isaiah 32, 3. Isaiah 32, 3. The eyes of him that see shall not grow dim. That's a message to believe. See, we've been taught otherwise. Isn't that right? Well, you're getting older now. You know, your eyesight goes when you get older. Well, Moses' eyes did not grow dim. His natural force was not abated at 120. How much older do you have to be? 2 Samuel 22, 34, that's in the Amplified Bible, talks about he'll make your feet as hinds feet fit and able and couple that with Nehemiah 9, 21 and they, they swell not. There's a message to believe and a method to apply. In Matthew 8, 14 and 15, there is a verse there for fever. Fever. Peter's mother-in-law was sick of a fever and Jesus rebuked it, touching her, laying his hand on her and praised God she was made whole. Also in Isaiah 35, 3 in the Amplified Bible, there's a verse there for hands and knees. And you can couple that with Job 4, 4, but it talks about your hands and your knees being whole. So if you have a problem with your hands and a problem with your knees, you can take these verses to heart, believe the message, and then apply the method. In Psalm 31, 24, there's a verse for the strengthening of your heart. The strengthening of your heart. Am I going too fast? Thank you for your honesty. <clears throat> we'll start over. Ezekiel 16... <laughs> Everybody get Matthew 8, 14 and 15? Say no if you didn't. Psalm 31, 24. Okay, Hebrews 12, 13 in the Amplified Bible. I'm going to read that to you in the Amplified Bible. That'll give you time to write it down. Hebrews 13, or 12. It's 12. Hebrews 12, I'm going to read to you 12 and 13. So then brace up and reinvigorate and set right your slackened and weakened and drooping hands and strengthen your feeble and palsied and tottering knees and cut through and make firm and plain and smooth straight paths for your feet. Yes, make them safe and upright and happy paths that go in the right direction so that the lame and halting limbs 
may not be put out of joint, but rather may be cured. That's powerful. And then, of course, Psalm 91, 16, everybody knows that, right? With long life will I satisfy them and show them my salvation. Say it's God's desire for me to have long life. See, that's what he said. I've got to believe the message and then apply the method, which is I say that God desires that I have long life and that he shows me his salvation. You know what he's saying there? Through longevity, he shows us his saving and keeping power. And that's why Psalm 92 comes after Psalm 91. See, the Spirit of God gave Psalm 92 to show you what you'll be doing in your long life. Someone says, what's Psalm 92 say? It talks about how in your ripe old age you'll be full of vim and vigor and vitality and strength and be of great use to God. And then finally, Nehemiah 2.20 says that the God of heaven, he will prosper us, therefore we his servants will arise and build. There's a message to believe there. Say it with me, the God of heaven prospers me. Say it again, the God of heaven prospers me. Said again, the God of heaven prospers me. We will arise and build. Let's arise now and stand. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am, and I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.